Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones, and this is episode 80 of the Photography Side Hustle podcast. So I shoot Canon, as you might know, and I was thinking that when I do upgrade to a mirrorless body, it would be with Canon. But at the moment, Canon is stopping third-party manufacturers from producing mirrorless lenses and even ink for Canon printers. So if you like to use Sigma lenses, the chances are that Sigma doesn't make a lens for the Canon mirrorless body that you're going to buy. You're going to have to buy Canon lenses only, which can get expensive. Well, Sigma is still expensive. but So if you're moving up from DSLR to mirrorless, you might want to buy the adapter so that you can use your old lenses. But it's sort of using your old lenses on a new body. It sort of defeats the uh, object, really, of upgrading. So, yeah, it's all a bit sad, really, the way they're going about that. I like the idea of being able to buy third-party lenses for my DSLR and not being able to do it in the future. It just screws things up for me. And there's a lot of good lens manufacturers, Tamron, Sigma, like that I would buy their products no problem because in a lot of cases they are cheaper than Canon. So anyway, I hope they change their mind before I'm ready to buy, which isn't going to be anytime soon. Anyway, this week's episode is start doing these things now. So this is the biggest one that I'm going to tell you today. I'm getting it out of the way straight away. I was thinking of doing it as its own episode, but a lot of this stuff that I'm going to tell you, it would be a lot better on video. So at a later date, we'll get to a video on it. But for now, I'm just going to cover the subject. It's still going to be helpful anyway. And that is communicating during a shoot. Of all the things you need to learn as a photographer, this is one of the most important. I'm not just talking about general conversation, which is essential. Unless you're Mr. Bean, I'm sure you'll be able to do it. It's the way you direct your subjects during the shoot and how you put them at ease. Now, you've probably already experienced not knowing which pose to use next or how to get the subject to smile and not give you that really fake grimace with fear in their eyes. It's not easy. And I quickly learned way back that the best images from a portrait session are generally taken in the second half of the shoot, and that is when everybody is more relaxed. You need to have some go-to poses. Try to come up with 10 or more. If you've got 10, you can shoot them, up. say, if it's a family portrait, you shoot them around a picnic table, say, or you shoot them under some trees or on a beach, and then you change position, go to a different place, and use the same poses again. So try to come up with 10 or a dozen different poses. Now, when I started shooting weddings, that was the thing that really had me worried before going in, was poses. So what I did, I put together some sheets with poses that other photographers have posted online and printed them out. And I kept them in my bag and would take a peek when I needed to come up with another pose. Later on, when I had my own examples of the poses, I would show the sheets to the wedding party and just let them choose. You always end up going through all of them. They try all of them, but it, it gets them loosened up as they're doing it. So it's win-win. If you can get your subjects laughing during a shoot, the smiles are going to be so much more genuine than these fake grimaces that people do. Wedding parties are the easiest to have fun with. Family portraits are similar if you can get the kids laughing, but one-on-one -on -one portraits can be way harder. It's really difficult. Many years ago, when I had a studio, I was doing a headshot portrait session for a mortgage broker. He was in his mid-twenties, 
And before the shoot, he was laughing and smiling and just a happy guy, good looking. He, he had everything. But when you put him in front of the camera, he was totally frozen. He just did, the, you could see the fear in his eyes and the grimace that he put on his mouth was, was just horrendous. Anyway, I tried telling him some jokes, but he seemed to take a few too many seconds trying to work out the joke. So that wasn't good. So then, as a last resort, he actually called his mother. So he's in front of the lights. I'm waiting. His mother answers the phone and he asks her to tell him some jokes. She then started telling him how silly, what a silly little boy he was when he was three years old and how he tripped on the beach when he was five years old. And immediately two things happened. He started laughing and smiling and I grimaced and started taking photographs. It really was a good job that his mother answered the phone. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I had no answers. I just couldn't do it. Now, you don't need to take a comedy one-on-one course to get people to smile. Just ask them questions about their work or kids and just expand on the conversation. And you've just put them at ease and you'll, they'll smile no problem after that. As long as you can take their mind off the camera pointing at them, they're going to be fine. If you're moving from pose to pose and you're chatting all the time, it'll be a more relaxed experience for the subject and you're going to get a lot better pictures. So I have lots of poses you can use and a few conversation pieces that will lighten the mood. If you look stressed, the subjects are going to feel stressed too, so lighten up. The next thing I think you should do straight away is go fully equipped. Forgetting to take your equipment to a photo shoot is so easy to do. I once left my memory cards and batteries at home and only found out when I got to the shoot. Luckily, I was early and I didn't live too far away and I had time to go home and get them. That realization that you don't have two crucial things, it just, it was the worst feeling ever. It was horrible. So after that experience, I started a checklist. And before I left home, well, actually, I'd, I got my stuff together the night before. I went through the checklist and then I went through the checklist before I left home. And it saved me lots of times when I realized the batteries were still plugged in the wall or, you know, doing this is going to save you from having to explain why the shoot is going to start late or why you're going to miss the first hour of the wedding. And neither of those two things are very good. Next one, avoid negativity. If you're meeting with potential customers and they mention another local photographer, don't start putting the photographer down. Even if their work is garbage compared to yours, which is obvious, don't say anything negative. Just acknowledge them and smile. Bad comments have a way of finding their way to the person mentioned in the comment. And most of the time, the customer is probably only mentioning that photographer as leverage to try and get you to drop your price. Again, you just smile and move on. Try to keep all negativity out of your life. Remember, all your customers are amazing. And little Aaron Smith was so cute when he set fire to that picnic table. And the photos were incredible, especially the ones with the firefighters. So no negativity. Everything's great. Okay, next, read your camera manual. I'm always amazed at how many people starting out think that changing your aperture, shutter speed and ISO is done with some kind of magic. If they took the time to read the user manual, they would know every setting is described and it shows you how to change it. Spend an hour reading your manual with your camera in front of you. Even if you know most of the settings, if you know how to change aperture, shutter speed and ISO, great. But just read through. Every so often, pick the manual up, read it, and you will spot something 
that you hadn't understood the first time and now you realize what it's for because you're more advanced. Next, use a flash. Learning how to use a flash is a big barrier for most photographers. I know it was for me, but in fact, flash is really easy to use. Canon and Nikon brand flashes are many hundreds of dollars. They're excellent, but they are expensive. Third-party options are plentiful and very reasonably priced. On Amazon, there's a company called Newer, N-E-E-W-E-R. They have a bunch of different speed lights in the $50 to $60 range. Buy two so you have a backup because things do break. And I promise you that if you learn how to use a flash, your images will look more professional. This is going to lead to more bookings and bigger profit. It makes you stand out from the other guys that don't use flash. Okay, last but not least, buy professional lenses. Don't think you're going to be able to shoot professionally using hobbyist lenses. Hobbyist bodies are fine, not a problem with them. You'll upgrade those at some point, but they capture the image fine. There's not a problem with it. When I was starting out, I went to the camera store and I, I knew what I wanted. And I was told by the guy that worked in the store who had never shot professionally to get the Canon 75 to 300. And that is an F4 to F5.6 instead of the 70 to 200 2.8 that I wanted to buy. I was going to be shooting figure skating in badly lit ice rinks and I knew what I needed. The 75 to 300 was $1,800 cheaper than the 70 to 200 and wouldn't be able to capture any photos I could sell. My settings for shooting in the rink back in 2005 when the lighting was totally different than it is now were f2.8, 250th of a second and ISO 800. If I use the 75 to 300 zoomed in at 300, the best aperture I would be able to get would be 5.6. That's four times less light get into the sensor or two stops. So to get the correct exposure, I would need to up the ISO two stops, which takes it from 800 to ISO 3200. The images would have been super grainy, especially back in 2005 with the cameras I was using. But it's not just the restrictive settings. You have to consider the quality of the glass elements. A professional lens will give you tack sharp images because of the materials used in the production. Yes, they are expensive, but they will pay themselves off really quickly and they do last forever if you look after them. So give your customers the best possible images. The only way to do that is to use professional lenses. If you need help with anything I've just gone through or anything you're struggling with at the moment, message me through the Facebook group and I'll give it my best shot. Okay, that's enough waffle for this episode. I'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye.